If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. As long as you use that promo code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire order. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, we are getting a report live from winter meetings from our beat reporter on the scene, Patrick Lyons. I thought that maybe I would have enough time to get into my thoughts on some of the Nolan Arenado nonsense and some of the other things that are going on around the Colorado Rockies right now. Uh, but we ended up having more time with Patrick than I thought we were going to, so I'm going to allow that to be the bulk conversation and sh- save the um, the talk on Nolan Arenado and, and some of the other things uh, you know, about the Rockies philosophically that I really do want to get into and I want to do a little bit more Q&A. But I figured I would keep this particular conversation focused on what's been going on at winter meetings with the Rockies, what Patrick in particular has been able to pick up from walking around and talking to people. And there's some really interesting things uh, and some stuff that's even, you know, surprised me a little bit. So we'll get into all of that in a little bit. As such... What I think I want to do is actually not waste a whole lot of time before getting to that. So I want to tell you guys about a a new great friend of ours right now and then send it right over to Patrick. So I got to let you know that if you haven't heard about our friends over at uh, Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative top quality products from their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme. 
They have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products, as well as Quanta, Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Or check them out online today and have products shipped straight to your door. The inside of the Smoker Boutique is something you have to see for yourself. It was designed to inspire, motivate, enlighten people, and it does all of that. We're taking huge. We're talking about these huge murals of Nelson Mandela, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr., and so many more with quotes and inspirational sayings on the walls. It is truly a one-of-a-kind shop, and you've got to check it out for yourself. But if you can't make it out to the shop, remember to browse the products online at goldboys303.com. That's goldboys303.com. And if you're buying in bulk, call for your discount at 720-372-9843, and they will take care of you. Gold Boys, where everything is gold. Welcome back into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. We've got our guy Patrick Lyons now via the telephone reporting to us from San Diego and the winter meetings. He's been running around gathering one of my favorite words, and that is scuttlebutt. Uh, <laughs> there obviously hasn't been much in the Rockies world in terms of concrete news. Uh, they did pick up uh, a righty reliever, but other than that, you know, obviously Garrett Cole to the Yankees has been the big news, but we're we're a Rockies podcast here. And I wanted to start with, I think, the most interesting thing I've read from you coming out of San Diego, Patrick, and that was uh, that the Rockies, it, it sounds like, again, the scuttlebutt is that they could be in here on some catchers and some intriguing names. Why don't you tell us what you know about that and who these catchers uh, might be? Well, the three names that have been kicked around the most, of course, have been Robinson Torino, Matt Wieters, and Austin Romine. Romine particularly being interesting as he does have a lot of playoff experience with the New York Yankees and a few of the sources I've touched base with have gave a lot of praise to Romine and kind of said that in the right setting he could be a guy that really breaks out of course playing behind Gary Sanchez you're not going to be catching three out of every five days so Romine uh, in the confines of Coors Field could really benefit offensively uh, in an uptick there it does a great job handling the pitchers I also talked with a representative from the Cardinals organization about Matt Weeders and how uh, this gentleman said that that Weeders ultimately saved the Cardinals season. Yachty went down for a period of time and Weeders hit something like five home runs in a very short span of games and did an amazing job, you know, handling the pitchers as uh, as a catcher definitely needs to do and uh, needs to have at the top of his resume. So Weeders can uh, hit from both sides of the plate as a switch hitter. So. Yeah. You know, anyone concerned about that kind of lineup balance uh, is going to like him in the lineup. But ultimately, uh, as Jeff Breidich has uh, said in quite detail, we'll get a lot more about that out there in the coming days ahead. But they're just looking for a defensive first catcher. That whatever you get offensively is great. And we've seen certain tandems, uh, Marquez and Walters, they, they have a great relationship with one another, and when Marquez is on the mound, Walters is there, and it doesn't really matter who the opposing pitcher is. Clay Kershaw's on the mound, it doesn't matter, because if Marquez is on the bump for the Rockies, then that also means 
Tony Walters is going to be behind the plate. Right. He's a left-handed hitter. So that's uh, really inconsequential. And Robinson Chirinos is just, again, another name there there's, has been you know, hinted around a little bit. Haven't gotten as much information on him at the moment. Friday did say Monday night that Omar Navarez, who was dealt from Seattle to Milwaukee, they weren't really in on conversations with Seattle to acquire him. So I, I do think the free agent market is going to be the way to go. I, I did kind of press Bridish about possibly, you know, getting a, a catcher that's on a less than favorable deal, but there really aren't any catchers on a less than favor, favorable deal. Yeah, it's limited. Yeah, Yadier Molina and Buster Posey are, are, are franchise players for the Giants and Cardinals, but other than that, a lot of the guys that uh, are backstops, you know, they, they just get signed to short-term deals. So uh, I, I think in the in the top five, possibly, of, of the highest-paid catchers is Travis Darno. He, he just got signed this year right. after getting cut by the Mets earlier this season. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's a volatile market in that sense, but there there's really nobody looking to get rid of their catcher uh, because of a bad contract. So I don't think that's going to be the way, the route they go. It's going to be, it really might be uh, a game of musical chairs and whoever's left, whoever's last, whoever's not wanted by say the other 29 teams, that might be the guy that the Rockies go after because they can now get him at the Rockies price. What about this idea of a trade? I, I saw you doing some speculating uh, about Wilson Contreras, who I think is would be the the big fish, right? That that's one of the very few guys out there who's both intriguing as a catcher, offensively and defensively. The Cubs have said they would chop him, but I would imagine the price on that would be pretty steep. Is that something you're expecting the Rockies to make a legitimate play for? I really don't think that's going to be a move that they're they're going to make because I think that kind of flies in the face of everything they've been saying about Tony Walters. If you bring in Wilson Contreras, that that's almost the final piece that you need of a of a playoff contending team to take them to that next limit to go to run deep into the playoffs. And I, I don't necessarily know that the, the Rockies are there or that the Rockies are willing to pay that price. And are, they're not willing to kind of uh, put Walters in the background and now make him the backup catcher, catching only two out of every five days. They certainly can't get creative with him and, and play some deep field, so you might get just as many at-bats as Contreras. So that that wouldn't be entirely crazy, but I, I think the price is just going to be a little bit too much. The Cubs, from uh, one of the sources I was able to speak to, said that it's really going to uh, start with a center fielder, a young center fielder, and some young starting pitching. And, you know, I, I might not entirely be convinced that Ryan Altapia is uh, going to be a, a center fielder, successful one defensively for a, a long period of time. I don't know how other executives feel about him around the game, but he I sort of feel that would be where the start of the conversation would be. It would have to start with Tapia and, uh, and and someone like Peter Lambert as far as a young and controllable pitcher goes. And after that, it still might require someone like Colt Welker. I don't know if they could match up and really get creative. And um, I know, again, from one of my sources, that Alberto Almora has kind of uh, run his course in Chicago, so he's probably going to be on the way out. I think he has at least one more year uh, of control and arbitration. Um, he might be making somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 6 to $7 million. So, you know, maybe you swap the key for Almora uh, to try to, you know, make the ledger a little more balanced. 
but at, you know, again, at that point, I don't know how convoluted that is where both parties just decide to, to walk away. So to get back to the question, will we see Wilson Contreras in the purple pinstripes next year? It seems highly unlikely. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And I even think in terms of, you know, waiting around to spend far less resources to pick up a Martin Maldonado would make sense if, and this is the big if for me and where I've been a little bit surprised, honestly, um, they make some moves on the on the pitching side, which is, I think, where you and I have been in agreement is the biggest area of need. And, and neither one of us expected them to be in on big name pitchers for sure. It was a bit now no, okay. So Kevin Gossman signed for one year nine million dollars, right? And I think that that's too much money for Kevin Gossman, whose numbers really are not that great. And so if that's the market they're playing in, I understand waiting. At the same time, some of the comments from Jeff Breidich the last couple of days have sounded more like they're not really going after the starter market at all. So should we expect to see more moves in? the bullpen or are they really just focused on a veteran catcher and that's it? Yeah, I really think it is just a veteran catcher and that's it. Um, you know, if, if you, if you, if you replay through a lot of the interviews with Jeff Breidich over the past few years, he's really been a big proponent of picking up guys off the waiver wire and trying to catch lightning in a bottle and seeing, you know, what they can do with that. He's, we saw with a guy like Zach Roscoe, they did it with Wes Parsons. Uh, Joe Harvey was a, a trade, of course, but they're, they're trying to do that now with Tyler Kinley and Jose Mujica. So they think that, you know, that, that's why you have scouts and you have boots on the ground. and You can't just have analytics. You need guys to actually be able to look at players and, and feel things out, find out how they are in the clubhouse and things of that nature. And, and you start to keep an eye on certain guys and, and when they – become available at the right time, you can pounce, and then maybe, you know, kind of reclaim some of that value that has been lost. You know, obviously, if, uh, you're, you're a big baseball fan, you're going to be uh, consuming a lot of content on Garrett Cole right now at the Yankees, and you know that he was their white whale. He was drafted in the first round by them out of, uh, out of California, and he opted to not sign. He went to, the, went to UCLA. Uh, you know, ultimately it was the state by the Pirates, and then he became available uh, on the trade market during the offseason uh, two years ago. The Yankees were in on him, but he lost out. So it seemed like everywhere they turned, they, they couldn't get a guy they wanted. And I think the Rockies um, kind of feel that way and because of certain players all around baseball, uh, from minor leaguers to, to, to major leaguers. And when they become available on the waiver wire, they think, okay, we can maybe get this guy right and set him back and get some of that value back in him that we liked from when we first saw him a year or two ago or whatever it may be. So that's kind of the avenue that they might be able to pick somebody up. And with rosters changing and shuffling so frequently, um, I, I think their their hope is ultimately to, you know, save money and just say, all right, when, uh, when this game on musical chairs stops, let's see who's left behind. And let's see which one of them is, is willing to take a, a small deal because ultimately the other 2019 has, has really passed on them in some form or another. So it's, it's, it's catcher and then it's whatever else might come to us. Yeah. And you know, there's a way in which I, I totally understand why the fans out there are super frustrated 
by that approach. But I, I do also think that it may end up being the most prudent one uh, for the team anyway. But but before I let you go here, I just did want to get your overall thoughts on the winter meeting so far, the moves, anything else you wanted to share with us on uh, specifically, you know, what Garrett Cole's record-breaking contract might do for the market or, or anything else that's been going on out there that you think has been of particular interest? Well, I definitely think that, you know, what we saw the last two off-season with it being so very sluggish and with it taking uh, up until February for guys to get signed, and in the case of Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel last year, they, they had to wait until the MLB draft was completed before they could latch on with the team because of the compensation picks involved. So I think that that period in, in Major League Baseball history may be through and where things are starting to settle back into to somewhat normalcy. We did see a record high number of players that were designated for assignment because uh, of the, the prices that they were uh, going to get as far as their salary and arbitration. So that's still a little something that has to get worked out. But uh, I think baseball is back as far as finding, or maybe not finding, but placing some of their top mm-hmm. players in the top markets. And right. just baseball isn't doing that exactly, but the teams are. And they've been smart enough with uh, you know, their, their analytics department, the, those major teams, and they're, they're learning how to, to work around the system and get under the salary cap for one year. And then, yeah, we're going to go above that salary cap, which, of course, uh, the Yankees are going to do for the 2020 season. And yet they'll have to pay a salary tax, but they might be able to dip back below. So that's kind of been the, the overall feeling here. Um, hasn't been, been too much discussion of trade. It's been very low-key because of the glut of players that are on that free agent market, not just in free agents, but in those players uh, that were, were released that were arbitration eligible. So anybody that, uh, any holes that you might need to fill, you can get a guy on a, a relatively fair contract, uh, excluding Strasburg and Cole. Sure. <laughs> um, but but there are those, those mid-level, mid-tier guys, and even ones even below that that you can get that are very serviceable for you and bring them in. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why the, the trade rumors and the trade market has kind of been very quiet here. Um, yeah. there's, there's just too many options for teams to go out and get a free agent. And, and that's that's really hurting the Rockies more than anything because in the past when you could pair a, a bad contract with a young controllable player who wasn't making a lot of money, you could it could be a win-win. You know, those, those kind of deals are, are really few and far between. We saw it last year with the Dodgers and Reds where the Dodgers were able to unload a bunch of uh, contracts that they didn't want uh, in exchange for Homer Bailey and a bunch of prospects because it saved right. them money in the present, um, which is what they needed, and it cost them money in the future going forward. And that was a good win-win by both organizations because the Dodgers um, you know, had that, that, that payroll flexibility for the 2020 season, not 2019. But... Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's going to be hard for the Rockies to get rid of any of the uh, less than desirable contract contracts that they have right now. And you know, anyone who thinks that they still might do so, you know, you, you have to ask yourself you know, why haven't they done so already? So, I, I did talk with somebody in the Toronto organization 
and uh, the, the the deal that we we carved uh, out between the, the two clubs was Ryan Altapia and Jake McGee for somebody in the Toronto Blue Jays uh, <laughs> prospect pipeline. Right. Um, the, the Blue Jays are looking for they're looking for young pitching, but um, they do have some room in their outfield right now, and you know taking. Uh, Jake McGee's nine million dollar contract next year, along with that uh, two million dollar buyout for twenty twenty one. You know that that could be a nice win win, especially when there is uh, somewhat of a glut of outfielders right now for the Rockies. So uh, you take the strength and uh, you improve a weakness and you free up you know a, a solid ten million dollars in payroll for uh, not only just a backup catcher, but uh, as We've kind of been saying, you know, uh, maybe uh, another starter that's, that could possibly be a bit more reliable than what they have right now, or maybe even a, a veteran reliever. But uh, last night in the, our second session, talking with Brian, she did say that they're kind of burnt out right now as far as giving out any guaranteed deal to a veteran relief pitcher after what has happened. I don't yeah. really think they are. Yeah, gunshot on on doing something like that, and it, uh, I tend to think that even if even if you know a guy became available for for two three million dollars, that you know maybe they would they would do something like that. Three million is you know, kind of a drop in the bucket for for most organizations and, and uh, uh, twenty six man roster, but they they still might be gunshot on that and and not want to. Not not want to give that kind of guaranteed money to any veteran lever ever again in, in the year or, or possibly distant future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, it's, I know again, why that feels so frustrating for fans, but it is funny when you look at the production of guys like Carlos Estevez and Jairo Diaz versus guys like Jake McGee and Brian Shaw, it's like paying somebody more and relying on the fact that they've had the better resume. I can understand why they would be gun shy about those things. So I, I think what's going to be interesting, and we'll have to do this at some point, is running through these players who no one's particularly excited about and trying to figure out if Jose Mujica or Tyler Kinley uh, really can be these kind of unforeseen diamond in the rough type of players. But uh, we may need to do that conversation another time. I know you've got uh, more conversations to go have with Bud Black and, and Jeff Breidich and all of that. So Daniel's telling me here, MLB Network just reported the Indians and Dodgers are talking about a trade for Lindor. A uh, lot going on out there. The Padres have made a couple of moves inside the division. I haven't thought that either of them made the Padres a, a better team. Uh, I think you and I might disagree on that a little bit. So uh, we'll have to talk again more here in the next couple of days about all of this, but what, what's your last word for us from now from San Diego and, and what you're maybe hoping to see here these next couple of uh, hours and <laughs> in, in the closing days? Well, you know, I, I don't really know uh, what, what much left the, uh, the Rockies can do at, at this point. So uh, as you mentioned, we, we will be sitting down with Bud Black at 3 p.m. and extend your time. So four o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time. So, You'll, uh, soon after that, you'll, you'll see a little action on Twitter and maybe a story or two coming out about, you know, what, um, you know, Buddy talked uh, about as far as maybe lineup construction, what he thinks about the back of the rotation, his thoughts on Kyle Freeland bouncing back 
Nolan Arenado making the next step up to, um, you know, kind of all-world. Uh, I'm sure you saw yesterday that Arenado did not even make the second all-MLB team. So uh, possibly what that, that chip might do on, on Nolan's shoulder. So uh, that's pretty much what we got left on tap today. And then uh, after that, we'll, we'll both be back in Colorado and talk a lot more about the offseason and what we expect from 2020 for the Rockies and the rest of Major League Baseball. All right. Sounds like a plan. Patrick Lyons from San Diego. Thanks, man. It was good to hear from you. Likewise. Take care. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers. It does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018. All right, good stuff from Patrick there. I'm glad we were able to catch up with him while he's in the middle of running around trying to do as much as he can. A pretty tight window of a couple of days to get as much information as he can out there. And we're going to be talking more and more you know, behind the scenes about what he saw and, and doing some podcasts here in the next couple of days as he returns home. And, and we've got some time to kind of go over what we've heard and seen from the Rockies so far but it does look and sound more and more like yes there i think patrick summed it up the best there when he said you know they're they're really waiting for some of these pieces to fall and they're going to see what is still available to them uh, and and i wouldn't be surprised if you know most of the rockies moves cuz i do still think they're going to make a, a decent number of these fringe of the roster transactions. They've already made a couple with Mujica and Kinley. I think there's at least three or four or five more of those types of moves to come, but it's not going to surprise me if they're all stacked up basically right before spring training actually kicks off the way we've seen this thing play out and that they're really going to be heavily relying on their scouting department to find the diamonds in the rough because they just aren't going to be able to go out and get anybody with much of a resume at this particular moment in time. So stay tuned, see how that all plays out. We'll have a, another couple of podcasts coming up very soon, including an in-depth conversation on Nolan Arenado, uh, his career to this point, and, and some of the hysteria going on with him right now. In the meantime, hopefully you're all keeping up with us on social media at DNVR underscore Rockies at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D. Lyons. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you happen to be. We have an Instagram now too. I should have mentioned this before uh, Patrick was out there, but if you're an Insta person, make sure that you've got us on your list. Patrick was 
filing some fun little quick video stories from out there in winter meetings. It's something we're planning on doing more and more of. And if you're a YouTube person, check us out there. Subscribe to DNVR on YouTube. I've been watching a lot more of the Nuggets and Avalanche stuff that we've put there. It's really helped me. Patrick has done a couple of really fantastic explainer videos uh, talking about the Hall of Fame and the Rule 5 draft. I'm going to have one of those on Coors Field before too long. So, and, and there's nothing extra there. When I say subscribe, if you don't know, you know, if you just check out YouTube every once in a while, subscribing to the YouTube channel, just make sure you get notifications whenever we post a new video. And we're going to be doing a lot more content that's not just, hey, this is also on video, but specifically video content with the graphics and the, the polish and all of that. So if you're like me and you watch YouTube on your television more than you watch actual television, uh, I hope you're out there checking out the stuff we've got up on DNVR. I know it's new and so you may not be used to it yet, um, but I, I'm really blown away by what our video department has been able to produce so far. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more